Hello. Hello, Jasmine, the koala bear. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? You sound very formal right now. I feel what? You sound very formal. Formal? Oh, maybe I'm just like still in work mode. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, fair play. I mean, it's just a, a random Tuesday, Friday feeling feels far away at the moment. Mm -hmm. True, true. How is anyone else joining us? Is it just you and me? It's just you and me, mate, the originals. Well, Nine. I say the originals. Um, <laughs> I mean, there was uh, Paloma and there was Liam, if you remember mm -hmm. them. Um, yep. But you, <clears throat> out of people that I actually know and have met, you are the most frequent co-host that I have had. <laughs> Is that a good thing? I think so. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> So, what is the latest in your world since we last spoke, which was um, a couple of weeks ago because we attended a peep show quiz together? Yeah, 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 yeah. no, that's true. I mean, um, did you ever get your paper shredder? No, and I've got actually something quite terrible to tell you with regards to that. What? So, <laughs> you know, um, Sophie put it in her car. Yeah. Um, the next day, or actually, have I told? No, I can't have told you this. The next day, she went back to her car, obviously, to yeah. pick it up and take it back to where she lives. And um, somebody had broken one of the back windows to nick the shredder. Just, just the shredder? Yeah. And she had a whacking great double bass in there as well. But they didn't um, steal that. They didn't steal that. No, probably too much effort. <laughs> to be fair, you're not going to run down the road very fast carrying a double bass. But um, yeah, the only thing they nicked, she said, was the paper shredder. Right. And she um, uh, then she found the shredder minus its mechanism um, discarded a few feet down the pavement, just on the ground. So they broke into her car to steal the paper shredder for its mechanism alone and then ditched the rest of it and took nothing else from the car. What can you use a paper shredder mechanism for? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of... <laughs> can it be fashioned into some kind of drug-taking apparatus? I, I don't know what... I mean, it's essentially a motor, right? Yeah. I mean, and maybe they just... Particularly they good one. I guess maybe they just wanted, like, the electronics bit? I don't know. Can they just sell off the electronics bit? Well, I mean, I have no idea. And especially when you consider the fact that, um, you know, Giles and Big Mad Andy made mm. no bones about the fact that it was not a particularly expensive shredder. So yeah. presumably the mechanism inside it is not all that impressive either. Mm. Yeah, true, true. I mean, we'll never know, right? We'll never know. But I just, I felt really bad for her. Obviously her car window was smashed to get this shredder because yeah. 
I didn't want to <laughs> carry it around all night. Well, <clears throat> I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> maybe next time we'll just be more careful. I think next time um, I'll just, I'll carry the trip. I, I say next time as if it's a shoe-in, it's a definite, it's a predetermined <laughs> outcome that I'm, we, <laughs> Christ, are going to win um, said quiz. But I have, uh, sorry, me and my team have lost, uh, well, come second at the Northampton quiz because the hosts of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs were there and they won instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess this can't be guaranteed, but there's a good no. chance that you could win again. Yeah, there is there is a reasonable chance. And um, I guess I'm going to try not to over-egg the pudding when I say that. Um, and did I tell you that <clears throat> off the back of this, I've applied for Mastermind? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And Peep Show was... being your... Your special yeah. subject. Yeah. And when you apply, you have to put five different topics as your specialist subject. And I thought, Christ, I've got five. Um, so I just I just wrote variations of peep show trivia, like peep show quotes, peep show questions, <laughs> peep show <laughs> kind of like that, uh, which, you know, they may instantly rule me out for being, you know, for failing to follow a simple instruction potentially um but um yeah i did my application i said about um winning a few quizzes and uh um what else oh yeah so they get you to answer 20 multiple choice general knowledge questions but they don't tell you how you did so um i've just got no idea but the questions were really really hard and even though they're multiple choice if you just don't have a clue and the multiple choice isn't, you know, obvious, then you, uh, yeah, there's, there's just no telling how it went. And I don't feel particularly well. And they, they can't obviously have people on Mastermind that don't know anything about general knowledge. And I'm not well versed in knowledge of what is general. So I don't really um, fancy my chances. But hey, I gave it a go. The deadline was... Um, uh, a couple of Fridays ago, so I'm just going to sit back and wait. The um, the heats are filmed in September, so I guess they would get in touch over the summer if I have been successful. Well, good luck, Andy. Like, I hope that you, like, yeah, I hope you can get onto Mastermind. That would be like crazy. Has anyone ever done Peep Show? No one's done Peep Show before. Oh no, they have. Oh. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean it's not due for a resurgence because it has a big cult following, as we know. And um, I've watched these clips on YouTube. There are two people that have gone on it um, with Peep Show as their specialist knowledge that I'm aware of. Well, I've certainly seen two. Um, and I knew the answer to all of their questions, including some of the ones that they got wrong. So, yeah, that was a good moment. <laughs> Well, there you go. And then, yeah, has, has, um, has like either um, like David Mitchell, has he been on it? 
Uh, I don't know if he's been on it in a peep show capacity. I think he might have done some mm. sort of celebrity mastermind raising money for charity, but not specific to peep show. To be honest, I don't imagine his or um, Robert Webb's peep show trivia knowledge is all that good because they're probably not massive fans of their own work in that they would just watch it over and over again like I do. <laughs> no, that's true. They probably have other specialist subjects. Yeah, I mean, they're very intelligent blokes. They met at Cambridge University. There you go. Fun fact, bit of trivia. I've worked in there already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even I don't even know what I don't think I have a specialist subject. Like, I don't think I would have something that I know loads and loads about that I could go into mastermind. What about your anything that you've studied? I mean, I don't think I would go on and do anything on the law and or philosophy because I haven't studied those in so long. So I'd have to do it again. And so maybe, like, mm, I don't know, maybe something to do with like stories or like fairy tales. I really like fairy. Like I used to read loads and loads of fairy tales. Or maybe Agatha Christie. I read a lot of Agatha Christie. Oh really? Hmm. What so I guess favorite... I can pick like. What was my favorite? I was gonna say, what is your favorite? Um, a Agatha Christie and B fairy tale. Um, so I really like, so Agatha Christie wrote a series of like, um, random stories, like kind of mystery stories with a character called Mr. Quinn. And I really like those. And they're like a collection of short stories. Mm. And it's quite a few of them. But I suppose in terms of like one of her famous detectives, I suppose I'm more of a Marple fan than I'm a Poirot fan. Um, oh, don't tell Danny. <laughs> I know she loves Poirot. Um, and then my favourite fairy tale is... Hmm. Um, it's a hard one, actually. There's lots of different fairy tales I like for different reasons. And I like the original fairy tales, which are a bit more bloody. And like... <laughs> well, like Grimm Brothers. Well, it's kind of like you know there's been lots of variations of like you know like cinderella and stuff and people think of cinderella mm. in like you know like disney has, has taken a lot of fairy tales and created like a disney version but the original story tales are a lot more like sad and like like i said bloody in them because mm. like in the cinderella original version like um at the end when they're trying on the shoe and stuff like the two ugly sisters like pretend to try like try and make the shoe fit their feet by cutting off their little toes oh and then basically wow. they and and basically the prince is like oh yeah it fits like doesn't even recognize it's not the same woman and like takes her away in a carriage and then basically get like these little birds basically chirp a song it's like look at her bloody foot and he's like oh crap she's bleeding realizes that she cut off her toe takes her back then the second sister does exactly the same and then again, and then basically, then he realizes, oh crap, it's Cinderella, like this other woman that doesn't need to carve her feet, her toes to fit a shoe. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. And like, yeah, so it's quite like, yeah, morbid in that way. And then there's lots of stuff to do with like, 
you know, like, like Sleeping Beauty is not as innocent as like he kissed her. Like it's a bit more rapey than that in like the original stories. Oh God, really? Yeah, yeah. Like the ones that they're originally kind of based on. Like I think they kind of, you know, kind of tried to make it nicer over the years. But like one of the original stories is like he just kind of, yeah, has his way with her while she's asleep, and then she like gets pregnant, and then she wakes up when she gives birth, basically. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all crazy. Um, which is why I think like when, when I sort of think I think when people think that I like fairy tales they think I'm more like oh you read like Disney and princesses and I'm like no I like these weird <laughs> horrible tragic stories that are really weird like you know if I you know so I think I think that one I think probably one of my ones I like is like one that's called like the wild swans there's like lots of variations of it but it's basically about like a girl who has like the number varies it's like seven or 12 or whatever but she has these she's like the youngest of like um of like these siblings and all her older siblings are all uh, are like boys so she has loads of um brothers and then for varying different reasons like she has like a wicked stepmother who decides to like turn all her brothers into swans and basically they like you know fly away and stuff and she feels really guilty over that so she goes to look for them and then she eventually finds them and they basically tell her that to like break the spell she needs to like not talk for like seven years and then she needs to make them all like um vests or jackets out of nettles that grow in a graveyard so every day, because she loves her brother so much, every day she goes, collects the nettles, spins kind of it into a thread and like sews these like jackets and stuff. But as she's doing, as all fairy tales, a king goes by and sees this like beautiful mute woman and decides that he's in love with her and marries her. Um, but then like she obviously doesn't talk that entire time and um, and continues to try and sew these like nettle vests and stuff and basically again her mother-in-law thinks that she's a witch because she's always seen in the graveyard and she doesn't speak and anything like this and then eventually she gets pregnant and she has like twins and the mother-in-law decides that she's gonna she hates her daughter-in-law so in the middle of the night she like steals the babies away and then like plants like blood around the like cot and around the like um you know this this girl's like mouth and stuff and in the morning when the when the king finds that the babies are gone and there's blood everywhere the mother-in-law accuses her of like eating or killing her own children and because she can't speak she can't defend herself so essentially she gets tried for being a witch or for eating her babies and they're gonna like burn her on a stake um yeah in the meantime like she continues to sew these like vests and stuff for her brothers and eventually it happens the, the like the day that like she's finishing the day she's going to get burnt at the stake is also the day that like she is like able to f- almost finish the vests and her brothers hear about this and they come try and save her as swans and then she like gathers the vests up and she like throws them on to all the swans and then eventually they all turn back into like princes 
and like tell the story and she's then able to talk and stuff and like tell everyone that it was the mother-in-law that did it and all of this kind of stuff and it kind of ends happily apart from the fact that she with her youngest brother she didn't quite finish like the arm of like one of the vests so he turns back into a prince but he instead of an arm he has like a, a swan wing instead um but yeah so that's kind of like the story and then the mother in law gets punished for like being a dick um that's the end um so yeah it's just kind of yeah it's like, like a weird i don't know i don't know why i like it i think it's just weird and stuff um and there are like similar ones with like like one that's called like the polar bear king which is similar to like beauty and the beast kind of story where again like a girl has to marry a polar bear um but he's actually a prince um in disguise but she doesn't like um basically he says like she can't like um she can't like look at him when they're sleeping at night and one day she like defies him by like getting a candle to look at him because she's like you're a polar bear but at night you're like basically a man but i can't see that you're a man kind of thing so she like gets a can lights a candle and and like looks at him and finds out that he's like yeah this beautiful prince but then a couple of like the wax like drops onto his chest or onto his shirt and he wakes up and he's like oh why did you do this like if you'd waited like another like few nights we could have been together but now like i'm i've been cursed by this witch and now because you've done this i have to go away and marry this witch's daughter and we can never be together and he like disappears and then she spends like all her time like looking for him um and eventually finds him and and stuff and has to complete all these different challenges to like you know break the kind of spell and all this kind of stuff so yeah another random story um oh my things. god right, you know yeah. Sorry. Um that one that one you said about the swans. Is mm. that called the swans? There's like it's called different things, but I think it's called like the wild swans or the seven brothers or something like oh, that. Oh the wild swans, you said. Because um yeah. as I was telling it, I thought that sounds really, really familiar, but a kind of adaptation that has really stuck with me. Um what we me and my sister used to watch this program called the storyteller um oh yeah was, yeah did you watch that and it was it was live action but also um jim henson Puppet. puppets as well yeah 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 oh my god and i think yeah me and nikki were talking about this and and mum the other day about how terrifying this story was um it was called the three ravens but it's based yeah. on the six swans and it's basically yeah like an adaptation of that and this um yeah young woman her her brothers are turned into ravens and then she all of her offspring are taken away by the evil stepmother and she thinks that Mm. they're dead there's this horrible scene where she just like screams into this hole because she's so full of anguish and hurt and upset and you know when you're a kid i mean this was on tv in the (laughs) the late 80s early 90s and it was really harrowing to the point where it's still with me today as one of the most sort of chilling things that i've ever seen um mm. but like you say people people need to um realize that most fairy tales are not happy and fluffy and lovely they come from quite 
dark, twisted minds sometimes, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I think they're meant to sort of, I think it's like, I think someone, I read a quote once about like someone saying like, you know, fairy tales aren't there to tell you that monsters are real. They're there to tell you that monsters can be defeated because in a lot of fairy tales, like, yes, they've got kind of these really like weird kind of horror kind of moments, but at the end, most of the time, like the hero or the heroine wins, even if they have to do like, you know, overcome like ridiculous things and do crazy acts, like they normally win. And I think that's what, yeah. yeah, the quote is about. It's like, yes, there are monsters in the world, but you can defeat them. Like if you try and persevere and be brave and all of those things, like, I mean, some of them are just like, yeah, you know, silly, like, you know, um, you know, like Cinderella where some where people are cutting off their toes to try and fit a slipper and stuff like that's silly, but like, you know, all the other ones about trying to save people or do things like sacrificing to save other people. Like, I guess that's, that's the moral there. Mm. A big strong moral that is a uh, hard hard to disagree with, isn't it? Yeah, true, true. Would you cut off your little toe to jam your foot into a slipper to allow you to marry a prince? No. <laughs> In a word, no. Particularly no. because that is just a horrific uh, message about status and wealth, isn't it? You know. Just because the prince is a prince doesn't mean he's not an asshole, does it? But also, it's like also like fitting ridiculous beauty standards. Like I can only marry the woman that has these tiny feet that will fit into this yeah. like slipper, and anything else is just not good enough. <laughs> tiny tiny feet are overrated, anyway. True, true. It's like. Um, I watched like um, a documentary once about you know like in China when when women used to bind their feet. Mm. Have you ever seen like like an on like a a bound foot that's not in a shoe? It actually is like the most horrific thing. Is it like a stump? It's it is it does look like a stump, but it's weird because when you look at the sole, the toes have curled underneath that. So you can see oh. the toes, but they're flat, like on the sole. And then it's just like, they're slightly, like they're slightly pointy because the, the big toe is the only, I suppose, toe that's sort of there, whereas the rest of them have been curled under. I've No, I've never, I've never seen any, I've never seen the process of binding or a bound foot. And I'm not sure, um, <laughs> I'm a lot more squeamish than I used to. So I don't know if I, I don't, I don't, it is definitely an image that you can never unsee. So don't <laughs> look at it if you don't have to, but like, it's just, it's just crazy that that was like, to me, that looks like horrific, but yeah. you know, at the time men found that incredibly attractive. Why? <laughs> Does anyone know why? I, I mean, I guess it's like, why? Why do we find anything attractive in a way? Like it's probably perpetuated <laughs> yeah. a bit more society and just like like people sort of holding something up to be an ideal, like, you know, having these like, you know, because the shoes they had were like these very dainty, beautiful kind of looking shoes. And I suppose maybe the attractiveness of like these women walking 
because they couldn't walk fast because they had deformed feet. So they were very like, you know, they walked like slowly or maybe elegantly from their perspective or, you know, and then they had these like beautiful little like shoes that they walked around in. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't like fathom it, but I suppose it's just, it's weird to think about that. I mean, yeah, like I said, maybe maybe people in the future will think the things that we find attractive now or hold up as beauty standards will be just like, you know, ridiculous. And they'll think, why would you ever find that attractive? Yeah, I mean, you do even get that. Um, you know, I, I think that there are more people that find fuller figures more attractive. Mm hmm. I mean, when I saw you last, we ended up having a bit of a conversation about image and bodies and stuff, didn't we? And I think part of the reason, you know, aside from maturity and age, um, I've got more confident about my body, partly because beauty standards have shifted as well. And, you know, I used to just think, oh, um, larger equals unattractive and that's that. So you know, maybe I thought I was destined for a life as a femcell at one point, but yeah, that, <laughs> not that I knew what, I, you know, I didn't understand, that concept wasn't really a thing back in the day. Um, but yeah, then I, you know, as I got older, I realised like, oh, yeah, just because you're not, you know, there, there's more than one standard of beauty, isn't there? And I may not be this person's cup of tea, but oh, look, I'm definitely this person's cup of tea. And that's fine um mm. and it's yeah interesting you know some people yeah what some people find attractive and others don't and it's really hilarious to compare um you know celebrity crushes with your friends because as you know we have some mutual friends that have some really really interesting tastes don't we <laughs> yeah i mean who would you say is your top celebrity crush right now right now um mm. I mean, I, I'm not really crushing on celebrities so much because I'm just not really aware of the celebrity world. But, um, mm. I mean, a AJ forever will have a place in my heart. <laughs> but do you... For anyone listening, that's AJ McLean of Backstreet Boys fame. <laughs> no one's listening, but, it, yeah, it's fine. Um, but... Um, Seth Rogen and oh Robert Downey Jr. Of course, <laughs> I nearly forgot about him. He is gorgeous. He's worth sitting through the Iron Man films for. Would is he the Avenger that you like the most then? Yeah, well he's he's one of one of the most beautiful men I've ever had the privilege of viewing with my mortal eyes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very strong statement, wasn't it? Maybe a little bit over the top. It's kind of weird because it's like, I feel like, I don't know if I, like, I, feel, I don't know if I feel like attracted to like ca the characters that they play as opposed to yeah. them. But I mean, I guess we will never know because we don't know these people and they will never not be known as anything other than the characters that they play to us. Um, yeah. But yeah, because like, you know, like you look at like, you know, Chris Evans, Captain America, 
Chris Hemsworth, Thor, and you're just like, they're very good looking people. Like, you can appreciate that they're very good looking. Mm. And like, I've seen, like, I met Henry Cavill once, the Superman guy. Did you? He's from Jersey. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was at, when I was in Jersey, um, me and my friend went out. I think we went. To, I can't remember. I think we must have gone to see. Went out to like the cinema or something. But um, or maybe we went drinking. I can't remember. But basically, we ended up in a chippy, and he was there in front of us. And this was before. Yeah, but he. This was before he was Superman. But I recognised him from other things that he'd done. So yeah. I said to my friend, but apparently I shouted this. I thought I whispered it, but apparently I shouted it. Like, <laughs> is that is that Henry Cavill? And then he turned around because obviously I shouted it, and um, and he smiled and kind of waved to basically sort of be like, yes, I'm Henry Cavill kind of thing. My friend had no idea who he was, and he just like chatted to us a little bit while we got our chips and like you know didn't ask for a photo or anything because. You know, I find that stuff a bit embarrassing, but like, yeah, had a quick chat. But he, like, again, like, you look at him and you, and he's a good-looking person. You know, he is actually. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I've just re- reminded myself <laughs> with a quick image. <laughs> yeah, but he's, like, uh, he's not bad. But do you know? But I was saying that like you don't normally see celebs like in real life. You only really see them up on the screen next to other very attractive people. When I saw Henry Cavill, I was like, you are so much more like that. You're so much better looking than like everyone here. Like not even like a little bit better. Like you see a good looking (laughs) person, but like you're so much, you're so good looking. It's actually like a little bit disturbing because like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, because, because like when you see like, attractive people next to attractive people you're like yeah they're attractive but they're next to other people but when you see an attractive person next to you know normal people you're like oh okay yeah yeah you are different like you are you literally do look different to the rest of us like you know (laughs) and i just like was like wow but it's weird because it wasn't that i like it's not that i like fancied him i was like specifically attracted to him but i just was like you're just so good looking yeah just objectively attractive yeah yeah because then Mm. there are other people where like you know you know the weird crushes inverted commas where people would be like objectively that person's not attractive but for some reason you do you do fancy them or you do find them attractive i actually got this um set of cards at christmas that um one of my boyfriend's kids in particular has quite enjoyed playing it's called um celebrity um like weird crush top trumps and it's got all your classic um male weird crush celebrities in it um although looking through some of the lists i was like hey why is he a weird crush he should just be a standard crush which one like who well i mean david mitchell (laughs) (laughs) i mean Um, yeah okay some some of them in there were just wild like boris was in there no um but then you've got richard iowadi is that how you say it i'm, I'm never sure i think richard iowadi is is like i i'm attracted to him yeah big time 
Um, and like him and Chris O'Dell. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. At the same time no, let's not let's not go mad <laughs> one at a time. It's I mean I think... <laughs> But did I I told you like I got a weird like crush on James Acaster over Christmas because I kept watching <laughs> his series of Taskmaster. And like I just like got this weird obsession with him. I was just like, he's great. <laughs> he's so great, like kind of thing. And then when I stopped watching Taskmaster, I kind of thought like, I'm over it. <laughs> I really But, but I, I oh think I What? Well I just I just Googled him to refresh my memory and um He's he's too kind of yeah I don't really see it on him with him yeah I mean I think like again he falls into that category of like like I think like you have to I don't think if you looked at a picture of him you'd be like oh yeah he's attractive I think like you have to watch him like on a TV show or something where his personality comes through and then you're kind of like oh yeah oh yeah yeah like he's funny kind of thing like in the same way that you probably find with David Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being funny is more than halfway into a lot of people's hearts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, the more attractive someone's personality is, automatically they become better looking, don't they? Yeah. Well, there's like, you know, the idea of like BDE and stuff. BDE? Big dick energy. Oh, <laughs> I'd forgotten about big dick energy. But like, <laughs> like, there are people that you meet and you're like, I don't know why, like, I like you or why, like, you seem attractive because you're not, like, objectively, I can see that you're not, well, not typically <laughs> attractive, but then there's something about them. Like, maybe you can call it, like, mm. charisma or maybe you can call it, like, I don't know, something else. But like, yeah, there is always something that's a bit like, why do I like you? Because, yeah. Mm. I figured out the other day that um, I think I'm attracted particularly to neuroatypical people. Yeah. Um, because, and I think it's, it's because what, I'm going to be careful what I say here. What you might lack <laughs> in <laughs> conventional, um, you know, charm and flirtation techniques, they mm. will often more than make up for in just reality and honesty. And you, so when you do get a compliment, it's always genuine and it's not to try and butter you up. It's not to achieve some sort of end game. It's it's just a completely organic comment that they definitely completely mean because there's no gameplay attached to it. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Mm. And I, I think that's incredibly powerful because anybody can just come up with a cheesy line. You know, um, flattery, I think, is the linchpin of flirting in the first place and you know people can just say the most super cheesy thing um but yeah you know, if it's just a line oh did it hurt 
did what hurt when you fell from heaven oh my god yeah that doesn't that doesn't mean anything does it that's that's not a personalized mm. compliment to you it's all about somebody who has taken the time to really observe and then give you a straight up comment that is complimentary without any side of um you know i don't why can't i think of words without any side of you know try, trying to get something out of you necessarily yeah yeah no i get that i suppose it's interesting about how you might identify those people or whether you it is like when you start to talk to someone you realize that maybe they are kind of atypical in that way and therefore you find them more attractive yeah and i think um for for me when someone describes himself as awkward that's like a moth to a flame <laughs> I, i'm a bit like how awkward yeah. are we talking because i weirdly quite enjoy situations that people might think is awkward and then i want to try and diffuse the awkwardness out of it and prove them wrong almost and say hey look you might have had this awkward experience before but with me it's not awkward and i i'm showing that i sort of um i understand and i respect your your social um yeah the, the way you socialize is different from other people but you needn't consider that awkward because here you and i are having a lovely conversation and oh look i'm falling in love with you <laughs> i mean okay i mean, I mean like, I thought, uh, but yeah you know. yeah i mean it's, it is an interesting kind of concept isn't it that you'd be particularly attracted to these people um but i suppose you know the world is made up of lots of different things so that that's kind of fine i don't know if we should should we listen to these two messages from like this person who's now left but yeah, what? What? Why he uh, left? Probably because um, we weren't listening to his messages, and he was like, "Why are you ignoring me?" Which could indicate well, time personally, is I'm not sure. I mean, they were only a couple of minutes ago. Calm down, mate. We, you know, we were mid flow. You have to wait <laughs> for a break to listen to the messages. Does he not know how stereo works? I don't. Are you gonna? Do you wanna listen to them? We can see what he was saying, even though he's not here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, shall I hit play? Mm. Okay, message one. That indicates that he might be having a big cock. Does does those traits indicate like he might be having a big cock? And does it work in general? Like, is it true? I don't know. <laughs> is he talking about like the neurotypical thing? Is that what he's saying? No, I, I think. Maybe he was referring to the big dick energy. <laughs> well, to the second one. <laughs> okay, here we go. You know, and the family guy, Peter, Peter's son, Chris, has a big cock. You know, he's, he has a big cock. Christopher, <laughs> people call him Chris, Meg's brother, has a big <laughs> cock. <laughs> it's very strange. How does he know that? Is that a, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I haven't watched. I don't watch a lot of Family Guy. No, I I don't either. But I think that's that would be a weird bit of 
trivia. But then, you know, it's Family Guy, so anything goes, I suppose. But um, He seems to be very focused on this. Do you think that what he's trying to say is, are you attracted to big dicks? Because that is a very crude question. I mean, I think we were talking about, like, BDE in the sense of, like, there's something about someone that, you know, they have a lot of confidence or they have a lot of, like I said, charisma or something about them which people find attractive, which I don't necessarily think equates to having a big dick. I think it's just the energy. So, it's more like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a vibe. It's a philosophy almost, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just like a part of someone's kind of personality that they give off that vibe rather than the actual physicality of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is a third message from Frico the Great, who I think is still with us. Shall we give that a listen? Sure. Okay. Got the Spanish chica, she don't want me to roam, so she called me cabrón. Plus mighty cones. Says she likes to cook rice, so she likes me home. I'm like, on a momento, mommy, slow up your tempo. I am unsure what the appropriate response to that would be. This reminds me of when someone sang us a song last time. Oh my God, that was brilliant, wasn't it? So maybe it's the same. We take it as like a, a mini poem or serenade. <laughs> that contributes to our discussion. <laughs> Isn't it nice that in the modern world we can go on an app and be serenaded by people we've never met before? Yeah. I think it, <laughs> it is nice, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Wonders of modern technology. <laughs> people are laughing. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... What... What is the best invention of the past 25, 30 years? Is it the internet? No, the internet's way older than 30 years. However old the internet is, back in the 70s, 60s? I don't know. But is the internet the best invention in the world ever? Discuss. Um, I mean, I think it's probably the best modern invention or at least it's the best kind of innovation that we've had for a long time which has led to a lot of different things yeah it's up there isn't it because i think like you know having the internet obviously led to kind of probably progression of like computers and then like mobile phones and then kind of you know, other kind of technologies that link to it, you know, like kind of online gaming or kind of kind of subscription services, you know, all of that kind of stuff like YouTube, like that. I think the the creation of the internet was the kind of thing that spurred all those other kind of innovations or, or thing or technology forward. Yeah, that's that's not a bad shout. The internet is the epicenter of all that is great technologically in the modern world. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's also probably like one of the worst things that's happened to human beings as well. Yes. And I feel like that is quite well commented on in the new Disney Pixar film, Ron's Gone Wrong. Have you watched it? Mm, no. 
do you have access to Disney Plus? I do. Excellent. I recommend <laughs> <laughs> that you watch it. Um, it kind of gave me Wally vibes in that that mm -hmm. is a bit of a commentary on if we don't sort our shit out, we're heading for a dystopian nightmare. Um, but Ron's Gone Wrong is kind of about how social media and stuff is supposedly supposed to bring us all together, but actually it can be very isolating and push us all apart. And ultimately, mm. in any case, it's no substitute for real interaction and real kindness and genuine friendship, etc. Or mm. I've just read way too much into it and it's just meant to be a feel-good Disney film and you know, stop diving in too deep, Andrea, because it's not meant to be um you know that existential but i think i think pixar they they do like to go a bit existential sometimes don't they yeah i mean i think a lot of films like even children's films are created with adults in mind oh yeah for sure so i think you know all of these films like they come with messages that are digestible for children but at the same time like adults can understand probably a bit more nuance or a bit more of the layers to to these kinds of films um and that's why probably you know disney continues to be very popular um even with adults very true very true well summarized jazz <laughs> i mean i think like what do you think is your favorite pixar film um maybe wally actually and i feel like it doesn't it doesn't get the recognition it deserves i feel i, I mean i feel like a lot of people's favorite are um obviously the toy story series or um up mm. all mm. of which absolutely great but um yeah wally I, I i just think it's it's so powerful that they there's barely any dialogue in it, is there? Mm -hmm. But you, well, there, there is when the humans come along. But um, yeah, it's just it's just the way you can convey so much through non-verbal communication. Which yeah, we we all we all know that that's a thing. But it sort of really hits at home how um, significant that can be. And yeah, I just I just love it. And yeah, anything that edges towards dystopia, I am quite interested in generally as well. Mm um yeah. what would what would yours be i i think i'm a toy story person yeah i think for me i think it's like maybe not the the fourth one but definitely the third one i think is probably my favorite one because i think it is about i like the ideas of like like kind of childhood and like growing up and what that means and things and i think it's an interesting mm. way to sort of tell that story through your toys or through the perspective of toys mm. in terms of like watching someone grow up and then they kind of leave you behind in a sense because they don't need you in the same kind of way anymore and i think you know the idea mm. of then passing that on to someone else that needs that kind of support and help and things i think is kind of a nice idea oh um, yeah definitely um, so yeah, so I think I think that, but I mean, it's kind of interesting as well, isn't it? Because like, um, you know, how much of because I was thinking like, 
I don't know. Maybe Wally is a good example, but I feel like there's always like those in Pixar or Disney films in general. They always have like a big song element, or like there's always a song that becomes like quite associated with it. And I think that also appeals to people, like in terms of how much they enjoy it or like it. Mm. Like if you imagine like Lion King without any songs, do you think people would like it as much? No. (laughs) Put quite simply. No, that is one of the best Disney film soundtracks ever, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like, yeah, because when I think back on like the classic Disney films, it's like, if they didn't have music, would they still be enjoyable to watch? Or would we still feel as like tied to them? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think probably not because musicality and lyrics bind you to a narrative much mm. more effectively don't they than a non-musical yeah equivalent. what are your top three classic disney songs whoa that's big that's a big question jasmine just say the ones that come to your mind right okay i just can't wait to be king <laughs> from the lion <laughs> king yeah um under the sea from the little mermaid yeah and um be our guest from beauty and the beast um but also what came into my head simultaneously so kind of like a joint third i suppose in the if we're going quick fire round is that song from lazy and the tramp i think it's just called he's a tramp i don't know it's definitely called that but do you know the song i mean sung yeah, by yeah, that, yeah. um the dog with the long hair whose name i've completely forgotten but yeah. um yeah that was one of those songs that just wanders into my head on, on like a semi-regular basis just a he's a tramp but they love him <laughs> yeah breaks a new heart and yeah so i would go those as um quick fire options what about you mm. um Reflection from Mulan. Oh, good one. A Whole New World, Aladdin. Yes. Um, and probably A Tale as Old as Time from Beauty and the Beast. Oh. But honourable mentions to, like, is it Zero to Hero from Hercules? Bless my soul. That one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <not> a <laughs> yeah. That, that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hercules is so good, actually. Hercules is, again, an underrated, like, like Disney film. Hercules, I call him. (laughs) Yeah, because it's weird because they did combine gospel music with Greek mythology. (laughs) We don't really recognise that. Um, But yeah, I think, think, yeah, those. Um, I'm trying to think what what else like i think those are the ones that yeah immediately come to like my my mind mm. and then obviously there's obviously some of the like more modern ones in terms of like you know like frozen and then like encanto which is the mm-hmm. newest one like um but i guess like yeah if you're gonna listen to classic disney songs those are the ones 
yeah also an underrated song from the lion king because it, it obviously i said earlier about that's one of the best soundtracks going mm. but one of the songs that i don't think people would pick out from the soundtrack is be prepared <laughs> yeah yeah um any song led by the villain always has an edge doesn't it yeah like poor unfortunate souls from the little mermaid oh why didn't i say that that's definitely one of my favorites yeah that's true <laughs> but it's weird because like who, who else like well the villain has like a big song because like snow white like the evil witch doesn't have a song well the queen doesn't have a song like sleeping beauty maleficent doesn't have a song does jafar have a song in aladdin i don't i don't remember it if he did and i feel like he didn't or maybe he had like a musical interlude or something but not a proper song gaston has a couple of songs in beauty yeah. like gaston gaston's song is a is good actually Um, yeah, because he's got that kind of duet song with Belle near the beginning, yeah, and then he's yeah. got his song about when he's sitting in the pub, like when it's just about him and how great yeah. he is, <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> um, I guess like the um, I don't remember it, but the princess and the frog, the villain in that has a song, so I don't remember it. Ah, oh, the princess and the frog again underrated film mm. and then in mulan in mulan i don't think there's a villain song but there are lots of songs mm. um and then you're welcome from moana oh yeah <laughs> yeah but that's not a villain song is it well I, he's he's made out to be the villain sort of early yeah. on isn't he because mm. he's like who the hell are you what's going on and then obviously turns out he's not truly a villain but um mm. but just as a shout out to his song as well yeah entangled uh mother knows best yeah sung by the villain isn't it mm. oh tangled makes me cry <laughs> why because when whenever it's her birthday and they light all the lanterns and the and the king gets all sad about his missing mm. daughter. I mean, I think a lot of Disney songs, I mean Disney films in general, do have like they are able to like tug at your heartstrings, aren't they? Oh God, yeah. Um, like I think like um, oh, what's it called? That Pixar film about the emotions. What's that one called? Oh, Inside Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one. That one got me. I yeah, that got me as well. Um <laughs> But yeah, I guess like I mean I think it's just like you could probably like I think they were talking about like breaking down like kind of Disney films into like specific kind of parts which kind of follow like certain kind of peaks and troughs. Like you've always got to have like kind of the main character is kind of like normally quite spunky and like positive and stuff and then you have like they normally have some like like animal or some anamorphic kind of sidekick that you can make loads of toys out of later 
Yeah. And they have like, yeah, the love interest, which is normally like someone quite arrogant, but like eventually gets humbled and becomes like, you know, a hero and stuff. And um and that kind of stuff. So yeah, they were just talking like they were just saying like a certain peaks that yeah, these things kind of follow. Yeah, there's there's kind of a formula to it, just like there's a formula to writing uh really popular pop music as well. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well I guess like they were saying, isn't it like there's like if you look at pop music, there's only like three not three, but there's like certain chords that always happen and that like basically are chords yeah. that like really like sound nice to like a human ear and therefore they're kind of always used. Yes. There yeah, there's some debate over what those chords are, but D, F, G and A minor are ones that I would say appear almost everywhere. Hmm. Yeah. Well, have you seen those, like, um, I can't remember if it was, like, a TikTok or something, where someone, like, put all the most popular songs into, like, an AI and then asked it to create a pop song, and it created this song, which was, like, sounded, it basically sounded like a song you knew, but not quite. And it was, uh, like, it sounded exactly like a, like the typical kind of pop song. That, yeah, that's quite interesting. They just whacked it all in. Like how many songs say like just the current top ten or twenty? Or I don't know. I think they just like put it like they just like yeah, just fed all it fed all this information into it, and we're like now that you know kind of all the different kind of popular songs, create a song. <laughs> just create a song, please. Yeah, but I guess like there are things that like you know songs like the, like even though you can make a popular song it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it'll have longevity right like in the sense of it yeah. won't be something that people remember in five years or ten years time mm. yes that's that's the trick not only write a hit but one that's actually going to be a classic yeah um Jazz, we have smashed it through an hour already, and I would like to um, keep this episode, which we can say is the first episode of series two, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. I think the title has got to be, I mean, I do like to have alliteration in the title. Mm. The... Uh... Disney something and big dick energy sounds good to me. <laughs> sure. Um, but also, I'm going to do, for the first time ever, a shameless plug because I have this website. Um, it's, a, it's a coffee site, right? So it's ko-fi.com mm. forward slash Andrea Bowman, which is my name. And on there, you can buy me a coffee and things like that. <laughs> Just to say, um, hey, I listen to your podcast and I, I think you're mediocre at best, but maybe you deserve some caffeine. You can do it on that site because as much as I, I, I keep this ridiculous enterprise of attempting to podcast 
as low cost as possible. There is a small fee in keeping the RSS feed going. So mm -hmm. I'm doing the shameless plug thing for the first time in my life. Co-fee.com forward slash Andrea Bova. If you want to donate and get me a coffee or jazz, in your case, we'll just get a Bacardi or a G&T <laughs> at the time. Sure. I don't expect you to donate to this page, particularly because you are a co-host. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't owe. Me. In fact, I owe you because you let me crash at yours a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, thank you again. You, you, you also gave me a bottle of wine, so I feel like we're even. Equals peoples, as they would say in Peep Show. Equals peoples. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, when am I going to see you next? It's a, it's a shame that um, my birthday shenanigans um, coincide with one of your relatives coming to visit, because otherwise that would have been cool. But um, mm -hmm. I'll come up to you and we'll do some sort of fabulous eatery in maybe Chinatown. Because I remember you took me somewhere amazing a few years ago. Not like I remember what it was called, but it was kind of off the beaten track a little bit. Was it in Chinatown we went? Yeah, but not on the main strip. It was kind of round a corner and all. Oh, I don't remember. Chinatown. I don't remember, no. Andy, but I'm sure there'll be other places. Oh. And maybe, yeah, the other, like, Llama can come along. Yes, we'll get Llama on the food tour because she is ready to, <laughs> um, you know, be an adult and socialise like an adult once more. Good on yeah, you. cool. But yeah, I hope you have a good <laughs> birthday, though. Thanks, mate. I mean, turning thirty-six is a daunting prospect, isn't it? Um, that's yeah. Is, is the plan still karaoke and then bar? Yeah, it goes. <laughs> it goes pizza, bar, karaoke, bar, more bars, <laughs> and maybe chicken and chips. I mean. Everybody, whether you're diabetic or not, their blood sugar dips after alcohol consumption. So that carb fest at the end is actually almost medicinal. So, yeah, fairly likely. Could upgrade to a, actually, no, a, a kebab wouldn't be an upgrade, would it necessarily? But either way, it will involve chips, that's for sure. We know that. Yeah. Well, have a good one. I hope it's everything you want and more. Oh, thanks, mate. And you and I will hang out very, very soon. And thank you for podcasting with me once more. No, no, it's um, it's always happy to be here. Mate, you are <laughs> one of the best people I've ever met. <laughs> You're one of the best people I've ever met. Oh, you did not just say that. that was <laughs> um, but yeah, well, we should, we should think of a sign off. We should what, sorry? Think of a sign-off. You know how yeah. like podcasts always have like a sign-off? Yeah, uh, but I'm not a proper podcaster though, am I? I'm just a massive fraud. I don't even introduce. It's not like, hello, welcome to the podcast. It's just, all right, Jasmine, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yes, completely that's amateur. The field. That's the format. Um, I mean, if, if people could see obviously we have a handshake don't we <laughs> we do have a handshake 
I suppose we need to think of a virtual handshake or a, or a verbal handshake. I don't know. Well, maybe we can think on it. Yeah, I mean, any suggestions that anybody's got, um, yeah, ping them in. I don't know where to, but, you know, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Send me a fax. See how that goes. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> cool. All right, Jazz. Always a pleasure. I'll speak to you very soon. Bye. 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 Bye.